Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. Healing is the result of three elements, power, truth, and love. I don't think they teach any of those in med school these days. And you can't fake the power, nor the love, nor the truth. It has to be authentic. It has to be real. And then anything, anyone, any symptom, no matter how severe, can be healed. Healing is not the same as curing, however, because the body is not intended to be immortal. And there are moments in which death is the accurate course, but death in wholeness, not in the terror of an ego. Going into an unknown void that it is filled with dread upon encountering. Those who have come back from near-death experiences report that it is not something to be dreaded, but that healing occurs in those regions that are more subtle, that are closer to the mother light, and that from just a short time out of body in that dimension, that is the portal to death, it is not death itself, but it is close enough that the healing energy can be brought back into the body and heal even the gravest cases of cancer, etc. But does modern medicine take into consideration the scientific observations documented from near-death experiences? Or does it simply deny them and yet it calls itself a science. But that science would be overturned if it recognized the truth of these observations that are manifold. As would all of the materialist scientific establishment and the political establishments. And so knowledge of this sort is a threat to the system. And that is why ever since the so-called Renaissance, they have been burning wise beings who <coughs> revealed too much knowledge at the stake. Giordano Bruno, a good example in the Renaissance in Italy Pico della Mirandola, 
excommunicated, Galileo put under house arrest just for observing a few moons through his telescope. The Inquisition has shifted. It no longer burns you at the stake, but it will burn you with ridicule and loss of tenure if you have an academic position. It will cause you to lose your license if you practice medicine using love and spiritual power and truth instead of the products that Big Pharma tells you you must sell to your patients. The problem is that that knowledge that is still available in books that can be read today is not digestible any longer, not assimilable by the postmodern ego. It no longer has the capacity to make use of those concepts. They are too subtle. They slip away from the mind too soon. They cannot be held on to, retained. They cannot be turned into nourishment because the mind is too superficial. It has lost its depth dimension. And thus knowledge that refers to that depth of the soul and the spirit and the real self that is God cannot be held on to. And we are indoctrinated not to hold on to such information that might just be foolish myths, religious old wives tales, medieval deceptive ideas based on ignorance. But where is the real ignorance? If one goes deeply into any spiritual tradition, past the superficial Sunday school level of the mythology, into the teachings of the deep mystics, whether they are Christian or Jewish Kabbalists or Buddhists or Hindus or Taoists or alchemists, it doesn't matter. You will discover information that if you know how to use it, will heal you, will transform your life, will give you power that comes directly from the source if you are open to receiving it. But can the consciousness hold its attention still enough, long enough, to receive that power without shattering? Only a consciousness that has developed its purity to the point where it will not feel the shame of its inauthenticity, 
the guilt of its sinfulness, the unworthiness of its approach to life as an ego, will be able to unfold its potentialities to be equal to the challenge of meeting the power, the presence, the intelligence of God. And that is the reason for all of the very ascetic practices that yogis have undertaken, not simply out of stoicism and the ability to endure severe situations, but to free one from one's identification with the physical organism. And from the mind, from thought, from desire, from fear. It is for that reason that all of the ordeals, the rites of passage, into shamanic stature, for example, have been forced upon those aspirants who wish to become men and women of high degree, as the aboriginal shamans refer to themselves. But how high a degree do you seek? In the medieval West, they knew that your first degree had to be a bachelor's degree, which meant the purity of the transcendence of sexual desire. And only then could you achieve the master's degree that enabled you to download the shakti, the wisdom, the love that could heal, and then the knowledge that would give you the doctorate to be able to function as a teacher of healers. The path has always been one of self-enquiry, <clears throat> to inquire within who am I. <clears throat> but the postmodern ego structure prevents the consciousness from entering deeply enough, long enough into the inner depths. Which is why now I would recommend a process not of inquiry, but of exquiry. Which means to recognize that the world that seems to be exterior to yourself is simply a reflection of what is going on internally. So if you cannot go directly into the inner world, both of ego and soul and then beyond into pure presence and the God self, then at least know and recognize that everything you see and feel in your world is a projection. Everything 
Even psychoanalysis has discovered that most of what we perceive is a projection. But it is true of all of it. But the projection comes from different levels, different depths, different vibrational frequencies. But if something or someone bothers you in the external world, it is simply a message back that something within you is bothering you. But because you weren't ready to let go of that, you projected it onto someone else whom you could blame for being bothered. But you know it is always your own mind that is in dis-ease. In the same way, if you see beauty in the world, know that that beauty is your reflection. If you see goodness in the world, if you feel divine love, if you recognize the benevolence of pure intelligence, you can claim that as your own as well. And thus, by working through the shadows within oneself by recognizing the message that the echolocation of them in others gives you, that knowledge will enable the purification of the soul if you honestly recollect the projections and own them and discover that in you that has been projected that was an impure relation to reality, an inaccurate, an untrue, an aggressive, destructive. Demonic aspect of the self that could not be healed within and thus needed to be projected without. But if your exquiry enables you to recognize the goodness, the beauty, the joy, the love, the power, even if hidden, of the presence of God in and as the world itself, then the courage will be given to go within into ever deeper depths of yourself, past the shadow, into the light of the inner radiance of the real self. And through that attain complete healing and wholeness. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website, 
We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.